Have anyone seen Mother Teresa in real life? Mother Teresa. There's a one. You have seen Mother Teresa. There are a few here. I haven't. The year I left uh, for South Africa, 1997, Mother Teresa died and also Princess Diana. So I haven't seen both of them. She, you know, most of her life she lived helping, uh, caring for destitute and poor. But her definition of uh, poverty is very different than us. Material poverty is the only poverty most people are aware of. She says there is a worse form of poverty than material poverty. It is to be lonely, unloved, and unwanted. It is possible to be materially well-off and yet be among the poorest of the poor. So she tells a real story. She was visiting an old people's home or old age home. Most of the old age homes in India means these are destitute people, unwanted, mums and dads, probably children don't want them, or they have no place in the kid's house, so the church runs a number of uh, destitute old age homes like my order, missionaries of compassion, who have uh, a few houses for uh, retired old people. So she says this house was, this home was well kept, clean, food was good, the staff was well trained. And as she moved around, she said, she noticed one thing, that is none of the people there living smiling. They all so, look so serious and grumpy. So and one, another thing she noticed was they all looking towards the door. So she inquired with one of the nurses, why are they doing this? Why are they looking towards the door all the time? And the nurse replied, they are looking for someone to visit them, but no one comes. It's quite a sad thing. You don't need to go to India or to any other countries to find people waiting for someone to see. We have in Winter Park itself, I have visited a number of retirement homes, high-end and uh, low, uh, you know, range retirement homes. There are a number of people who really wish their family come and visit them. I, we, I had a, 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 a memorial service for a lady uh, two years before the COVID. She was such a wonderful woman. I remember at the mass she will sing and uh, she knows all the uh, hymns. And she died and at her memorial service they buried her. So we had a little prayer meeting for her. And the kids were there, four boys, big ones. Uh, and they never came. They said, never came to visit mom. I mean, sorry, there are lots of us here probably are like these people, unwanted, uncared, and uh, really want someone to really visit us. So we come to today's gospel. The apostles had just returned from their first experience of uh, missionary work. They were tired and need to rest. And Jesus knew that. So he invited this group of uh, disciples, 
Come with me, let us go to a quiet place, a lonely place where we can sit quiet and rest, drink and eat and perhaps sleep so no one disturbs us. So as he was going to that place in the boat, he couldn't sneak out so easily. So people saw and they followed Jesus and uh, he felt uh, pity for them. He felt they were sheep without shepherd. So the gospel says that Jesus looked at them, saw their plight and had pity on them. We sometimes see people in great need in our first uh, reaction is to judge them. You know, if you see somebody poor, we have a tendency to say, ah, it's because of uh, uh, his, 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 uh, his own make, that is why he has become so poor. Oh, we feel sorry for them, but that ends there. But Jesus actually uh, takes further. He wants to care for them. He felt sorry for them and immediately <coughs> decided to do something. He taught them in length, gave them food for their minds. Seeing they are hungry, he fed them with the bread and fish. He made them feel they are worthwhile. The corporal works of mercy should be done with the great love, gentleness, understanding, compassion, and delicacy. Across the parishes and churches, we have a number of outreach programs to help the poor. Sometimes we do it so efficiently, but lacking compassion and love. So all of us who are involved in reaching out to poor and needy here and elsewhere, always should ask ourselves, do we do with compassion and care and delicacy, or we just do it efficiently, you know? So I want to tell you a story um, a couple of, I think, a few months back. So Altamont Hospital, we don't really go there. Occasionally, if there are parishioners admitted, we do go and anoint. So after hospital visit, I was walking towards my car, then somebody called me, sir, priest, I said, yes, I'm a priest, you know, you're black and black and caller. Um, said, can you bless my car? I said, all right, you know, no one asks you in a parking lot to bless the car. Uh, though it's the right place to bless the car, you know. <laughs> um, I agreed and I walked with him and he took me to his uh, car. It's a very fancy car, a nice car, a sleek uh, green color car and asked him what kind of make car it is, you know. He said it is a Lamborghini. I said, whoa, Lamborghini. It is a once in a lifetime for me to bless a Lamborghini. <laughs> and if anyone here has a Lamborghini and if he wants to bless a Lamborghini, you're not going to ask me, you'll ask Father Walsh, right? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, then the next thing I actually, I thought was, it's a lifetime chance. I'm not going to get this chance again. So I asked him, take me for a spin, a ride, you know? <laughs> so we would do that, which he agreed. So we went uh, around in front of the hospital, a few blocks and came back and I saw many people looking at us. Uh, and I thought they're looking at the car. But you know, Lamborghinis are not a rare scene here. If you stand outside today, there will be a few driving up and down Park Avenue. It was a rare scene because 
people haven't seen a priest sitting on a Lamborghini. You know, that was a rare scene. So it was a nice experience and we came back and he didn't really speak much and I blessed the car and I saw him after the blessing and he was, he, he broke down like a big man crying. By the way, when someone cries, if it is a warm tear, it is a tear of anguish, sadness. If it is a cold tear, it is a tear of joy and happiness. So don't go with a the thermometer next time to check. Can I check whether you're a sad or a, whether you are happy, you know? So I asked him what happened, you know, as a priest. He said, you know, it's a long story. His wife has filed a divorce uh, notice and he really loves his wife and children. In fact, he, he bought this Lamborghini that he, she might even change uh, her mind. Did not happen. And as I was going back uh, with a fresh nostalgia of sitting in a Lamborghini, uh, I was thinking, this poor rich man, this poor rich man. Then I realized, is he really rich? Is he really rich? He has, I would uh, imagine, has a big house and lots of money, a nice job, of course, probably a doctor there. Um, and uh, cherry on the top, he has a Lamborghini. And he's crying, he's sad, broken man. So one thing we should be always aware is that wealth, when you say people have got lots of money, it's a rich man. We might say Bill Gates, it's a rich man. Is he really rich? Or anybody for that matter, we should ask ourselves, I've got plenty of money in the bank. Am I a rich man? Of course, for us, money is richness. It is not. When we say he's a wealthy man, money is just one part of being rich. Just one part being rich. If you really want to know you are a rich man, you should be able to possess things that money cannot buy, such as hope, hope, love, dignity, Character, good character, acceptance, integrity, hope and faith in Jesus, faith in God, trust in God. No? So money is not wealth. It is just part of wealth. Of course, we need money. Jesus was never against uh, people having money. He always loved people. Now, we have two examples in the Bible that I want to bring forth. Two rich people. For Jesus, they were so poor. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus who climbed the tree. If you read uh, Luke chapter 19, 1 to 10, you get all the information about him. And Matthew, the tax collector. He was also a stinging rich man, rich man. But he didn't have any of this character that Jesus is talking about. He didn't have a good character. He didn't have a good reputation. He didn't have any hope or faith in God. He had nothing except money. They were so poor, the only thing they had was money, nothing else. But what happened? When Jesus saw these two poor people, Matthew in a tax office, he called him, come on, Matthew, join me. Matthew followed him. And Zacchaeus was sitting on this tree, you can just imagine looking down as Jesus was walking along with the hundreds of people, and Jesus looked up and tell him, Matthew, Zacchaeus, come down, I'm going to dine with you today.
and he changed. And what happened, the reaction of these people when Jesus actually reached out to them, become part of their lives, they really changed. They become wonderful people. They were happy people. They were joyful people. They, they had a reputation. They said, we are going to give some of our money to the poor and needy. We are going to join you. So in true sense, these two people become very wealthy people. They had money. They had hope in God. They had a character. They had acceptance. They had love. People cared for them. Wonderful experience. So we should always ask ourselves, are we really wealthy people? So today there are loads of people like Matthew, like Sakis, like the guy I met in the hospital parking lot in the world, like a sheep without shepherd. Such people are very vulnerable. Today Jesus is inviting us to go with him to a lonely place and rest, living, living, living all our worries and monies. Those who are really encountered Christ, especially the apostles, had an anger in their lives. That anger was the, the care and concern of Jesus Christ. You know, care and concern of Jesus Christ. What, do you have a UPS? Not UPS, it's a, yeah, USP. Do you have a USP? You have got a USP? You know what is a USP means? Let me ask somebody here. Um, so, USP. I don't want like to pick on somebody, but if anybody wants to be picked up, I can, you know. USP, not the one that you plug your phone, USP. Uh, unique selling proposition. It's a business term. Unique selling proposition. What is a USP of this parish? The welcoming mentality for the Walsh, and you say, what is the USP of uh, Florida? Sunny weather, we call a uh, sunshine country, you know? Or what is a USP? All of us have a USP. You need to sell your character, you know? What is my USP? You know, I realized my USP is my bald head. Because during COVID, everybody had masks, and you couldn't recognize people. And people would recognize me even if I walk in uh, shorts in Park Avenue. <laughs> you know, USP. Somebody told me the other day, how do you recognize an Indian guy? If you see a guy, he's trying to take out, remove the little bit of toothpaste using a, a wooden roller pin. He's an Indian. <laughs> you know? So we all have a USP. Jesus' USP is uh, his personality, his love for people, his care for people, his compassion for people. You know, he makes people so at home. And we have inherited that USP. We have inherited that USP in, through our baptism. So the only thing is we have to expose ourselves to other people and say, we are Christ's partners and come to us. And Jesus is inviting you and me today in a very special way. Go to him and take rest. Amen. By the way, uh, my appeal um, last month for the missionaries of compassion uh, came to uh, $19,500.
If anyone wants to make it a round figure, 20,000, you are most welcome.